Welcome back to Something Private, a podcast for Southeast Asian women by Southeast Asian women, exploring conversations around health, the self, community and love. My name is Nicole and I am your producer and host. Before we start off today's episode, I'd like to give a special shout out to our friends at MSD Pharma, who spearhead It's Your Life, an educational campaign aimed at raising awareness about the importance of human papillomavirus prevention in Singapore. Thanks for teaming up with us on yet another episode. A while back, we did an episode with them titled, My Mum and I Consult a Doctor About HPV, where we sought the help of our friend, Dr. Liana Ko, a gynecologist, in answering some frequently asked questions about HPV. We also tackled some common non-medical questions that you guys had, like, how do I talk to my mom about HPV prevention? And do I still need to go get vaccinated or go for regular screening if I'm in a long-term committed relationship? Tune into our episode, and mom and I consult a doctor about HPV now. On today's episode, we're doing something a little different with a really special and influential person, Narelle King. Hi, I am Narelle. I am 27 years old. And I'm a human bird. <laughs> Introductions are weird, right? I know. Yeah, but I should I should be really good at this, but surprisingly I'm not. But I guess okay, so I, I'm more known as a music artist slash influencer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. I always like to start off um the episode with somebody who's influential. Um mm-hmm. if I have anybody influential on the show, I like to ask them to share something private about themselves. To just to just go straight in and break yes, the ice, right? That's okay. right, exactly. So I know today's topic is on sexual wellness. And we had this conversation earlier and she asked me and I was like, uh, I don't think I am the right person to come to this because I am not the best. <laughs> uh so I guess the thing that I wanted to share was the reason why I am I guess not that uh, informed about sexual wellness because it is quite a tough topic mm. for girls. The private thing that I would share would be that um, I lost my virginity and it wasn't entirely consensual. Okay. So I think, and then after that happened, I didn't talk about it. I didn't, uh, I didn't do it again for a couple of years because I was very scared and very shocked. And I remember when it first happened, the first thing that came into my mind was, I need to get tested now. But I never did. Uh, because I didn't know how. I didn't know what to do. And I think because of that, it kind of warped my feelings towards sex for a long time. I think after that, it started to be like, I, I, I felt like it was something that I had to be ashamed of. I, I couldn't tell anyone. So it took me a long time to be able to like start approaching the topic. And I have a feeling that's kind of why I still avoid it in mm. certain ways. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I something <laughs> private for you. <laughs> I Sorry, Dad. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. I think it's important, I think, to this conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I think that having you in particular share it, I think that, that is very meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for yeah. You're welcome. I mean I I'm I'm happy to share it now more than ten years later. How do you think um that situation like has affected or has it affected? I mean, because you, you're sharing with us now that mm. it's your one of your first few relationships, right? And I would assume that as a young person, mm. one of your first few relationships kind it's of like, paved oh, the way for your next everything. few. Everything. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it sets the tone, right? Yeah. You, you always look back on the experience that the first few experiences that you've had. Has that impacted you? Has that impacted like the rest of the relationships that came after that? Hmm. Okay. I mean, I did tell you I'm a serial dater. Um, and I'm still the same. I still get like super like 
mm-hmm. whenever I like fall in love um, has not changed at all. But the thing that I have noticed now looking back was strangely my attitude towards sex became like okay so I mean I, like we don't really understand sex as a kid right it's either like oh it's making love or it's like dirty like mm-hmm. you know so finally because I think like that first sort of romantic kind of experience was somewhat taken from me that my perspective towards it was like it has to be wrong mm. so I started dating a lot of naughty boys <laughs> I will put it as that. <laughs> and that that became my way of like dealing with it. You know, mm. it's like meet people who can love you, who can re you know, rewrite certain things in your life. Like I remember there was one point in time after going through quite a toxic relationship where I was like my I was just so confused, you know. I didn't know what love was, I don't know what it means, I don't know anything. And then there were these two guys in my life. One of them is a typical like runaway and then you know like they play the avoidant and then you become anxious and you keep trying to text them. And then the other one was just there all the time. And and it's a good guy, bad guy thing. And I was talking to my friend and she was like, go to the good guy. And I was like, why? He was like, oh, mm. he's sunshine. And I had no idea what she meant, but I trust her with everything. So I went with it. And he was the one that actually started rewriting a lot of my understanding of what love was. So what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> how, how did your first relationship kind of affect yeah I way. guess so yeah. I mean even though it kind of pulled me away though thankfully there were people that brought me back mm. and and it wasn't something that I knew was happening at the start but sometimes you have to follow your instincts and I'm glad I did mm. yeah. I, I, I want to touch on one point that you said which I found really interesting in that like at the beginning you were talking about how when you go through an experience like that which is quite an adult experience I would mm. say it kind of shapes our perspective on like relationships, right? I think that's very interesting because I mean, I guess that points at the fact that like there's no education or growing up, we don't really know where to look towards to 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 understand like what romance is mm. or like what relationships should be like or what safe and consensual and respectful boundaries. Yeah, I mean are. our sex education doesn't even begin to address any of these. Like we only talk about put on a condom la. like that's it, you know. Yeah. That's what I remember at least. I mean on that point, just a quick sidetrack to the uh, also very important topic of how there is no sex education for LGBT, mm-hmm. which is even more difficult. Like if we think that we don't have the exactly. understanding, like this is so much worse. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I just want to add on also that like I think that people are starting to realize this, and like the people in our generation have a lot of like grown up initiatives mm. coming up on like Instagram, coming up on TikTok, yeah. on content that should exist, but you know it's there's a big gap or like a big vacuum in that space yeah. now. I guess since we're on the topic of like relationships, right? Yeah. I want to know over the years how have you kind of navigated like your own sexual health since we ah. <laughs> <laughs> <the> topic. Ah. <laughs> I avoid it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's why, yeah, I know. <laughs> why I was like, I'm the worst person to ask for this conversation. But maybe that's why you asked me. Scary lah, you know. Like, but recently, I mean it has become a thing with like my friends because there was a situation and I, I, mm. it, I mean health oh my god there was this quote I heard the other day health is a crown on a well man's head that only the sick can see mm. yeah it's, it's a privilege that we take for granted mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. generally my body has been quite healthy growing up like because I do sports and I'm yep. active and these are things that I just take for granted completely so I mean I don't even take care of my physical health I eat badly and all that so I don't take care of my sexual health either. When I mention the word STI, what is the first thing that comes to mind for you? Sexual transmitted infection or disease. Mm -hmm. And do you know what is the most common 
uh, I mean, the first thing that I would think of is AIDS. Mm-hmm. And then somehow my understanding is the rest of it is kind of not so bad. <laughs> and uh, a good amount of people actually have it. And if you have it, then go get checked and get it treated and it should sort itself out. <laughs> I just want to help Narelle out at this point <laughs> to give her to make her seem more credible okay. I think the reason why I mean pre- prior to doing this podcast I also had like zero okay. knowledge I think growing up similar to you only after like a friend went through a certain health scare mm. I was like oh my god okay she went to the hospital and then found out that she had herpes mm. and at the point of time I was like sitting with her in the hospital and I was like babe, it's going to be okay. You're going to recover. Yeah. Even though like, I had no knowledge on like herpes. And yeah. I was like, herpes is something that says you for life. At that point of time, it's what... I think so. Exactly. Right. You kind of hear that, right? Yeah, I mean, just to give you some credit, I think that level of awareness is for whatever sexual sexuality education we've had so far. I think that that's very commendable already. <laughs> um, but just want to let you know that HPV stands for Human Papilloma Virus. <laughs> and about 80% of sexually active men and women get that in their lifetime. 80%? So, how many people in the room? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, <laughs> the room. So, HPV is actually one of the most common types of STIs that can cause gentle warts and cervical cancer if it's not vaccinated against and routinely checked for. It usually appears as a small bump or group of bumps in the genital area. You probably have seen, we have like a nationwide campaign that advocates for girls mm. to get checked so actually HPV is preventable and that's why I think it's a very hot topic now. A lot of people might get in your lifetime when seek help from a doctor. Can you just go to any doctor? If you go and visit like a gynecologist or one of your general practitioners mm. and tell them that, oh, I want to do a checkup for HPV, they will be able to advise you on what are the next steps to take. So I think it's really just okay. about taking that step to go and visit your doctor. Mm. I think that's the most important thing for now. I do want to kind of emphasize that like, I think there's a misconception also with the whole idea of HPV that like only women can get it. Mm. And I think that that's kind of what I want to highlight on this particular episode in particular when we talk about like relationships and wellness and everything that like men can get it too and actually men are <laughs> a very big part of this whole thing because it affects both men and women, right? Yes, that's yeah. exactly what we wanted to say. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like we don't, women to men don't really talk that much about the these things. Yes. Like, okay, girls among girls, we, we yep. do bring it up sometimes, but it's quite weird, depends on who, but it's quite weird to talk no, for to sure. men. Do weird. men talk about it among themselves? I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's actually Asking the one man in the room, just <laughs> vote yes or no. Do men, okay, so, okay, men, okay, men, they have the, their boy conversations. No, but I feel like the, the men conversations, and it, I could be wrong, but like, we go very differently from like, women Okay, what do you think, the, what do you think the difference is? Because you'd be like, oh my god, like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, but right? you know when a girlfriend comes to you, you'll be like, Okay. Yeah. Like, should I, how do I help you? But the guy. I think like, actually my, my same like, I think they'll be like, hey, how are I don't know. Even admitting that for them might be difficult, but I could be I could be wrong, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I feel know. like it Depends might be more comfortable for and I think this is in my own experience, like if my male friend was struggling with their sexual health, they would actually come to like girls. I was just gonna say because my male friend came to me and I know it was quite quite difficult for him. But yeah, I mean, uh, I think men are often the ones that actually, correct me if I'm wrong, but transmit these things. Not that we're blaming men, it's we gender equality men. for all. There's a misconception that I think only women can transmit HPV because it's common knowledge that HPV in women can cause cervical cancer, but because men don't have a 
cervix, right? However, it can present itself in men as well. So it's transmitted through sexual activity, skin to skin, genital contact, and there are over a hundred strains of HPV. I know, intense. But most of them are low risk, and there are at least 14 that are high risk, which can cause precancerous and cancerous cells. I think the point to note here is that both men and women can, can get HPV and transmit HPV. In fact, 80% of adults, both men and women, in their lifetime will be affected by HPV. HPV can also increase a man's risk of anal cancer and is responsible for 85 to 91% of anal cancer in general in men. It's really quite bad. I met, I met someone with anal cancer because I was working at SCS for a bit. So mm. we went to visit the homes and it's horrible. Eh? Like he was saying, basically, it never heals because you're always infected. Mm. Like, it's horrible. Mm. I know, I feel bad. Like, but- I'm being Claire Dunphy right now. You know when she like smiles every time they mention dead people? I, it's, just, it's just, it's a self-defense because it's like, it's awkward. It's not that correct, like, correct. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's actually really bad. Like, it's really bad. About yeah. It, yeah. Personally, really didn't know that that's what happened when you have anal cancer. Yeah. 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 Sounds damn I, Yeah, I felt so bad. I didn't even know what to say because I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Correct, and, correct. Yeah, correct. like, I just let him complain because he, wa- he was just like, yeah la, very pain la. Every day, you know? Yeah. And there's really, like, I can't, I can't say, hey, it's going to be okay because what the hell do I know? And the worst thing, you know, is someone coming to be like, yeah, it's fine. And then I'm perfectly privileged and healthy. Mm. So just sit there and just not law. And I mean, sometimes they just want someone to listen. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, Nora, I'm very curious. After meeting that man, did it change your perception on sexual health? Well, I did not realise that they were related. I mean, anal cancer to me is anal cancer. I didn't think that HPV would mm-hmm. lead... But you know, so HPV, you know, cancer in men or also women? It's a good question. Got to ask the experts. <laughs> I'm not sure. Both. 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 <laughs> the experts say both. <laughs> oh my god, I really... There is currently no set way of testing uh, a man for HPV because, you know, women... We oh, do is it, it? We do it by uh, either doing HPV tests or pap smears. But mm. for guys, they don't have a cervix. So there's no way of testing for HPV. So how do HPV. they test then? There's no way that you can only know it if... You give it to a girl. Unless it like shows like physical symptoms <gasps> or like you give it to a girl and then she goes for the test. Oh. So I think the most important thing to note is I think firstly to have the conversation with the men in your life because mm-hmm. we all could be passing it to each other and mm. nobody knows, right? And the mm-hmm. second thing to encourage like regular checkups with your doctor, be it if you're a guy or a girl. Why is it always the women gonna everything? Uh? Like contraception like contraception <laughs> men <laughs> <laughs> do your part <laughs> no it's true but I think it, I mean since like technology I guess at this yeah. point of time is not as feasible for guys to get checked then we both like have need, a part need to, to play, play a part, yeah. right yeah. and also I think the education needs to, to be on men as well because like it's, it's quite tough sometimes when they don't have the knowledge and they're not there to support it's very scary the other thing that I was going to share I, I feel like I'm not going to share it but was also a situation with a with a guy, and I felt very lost because mm. we had to go to to the doctor, mm. and he was just completely absent throughout mm. the entire thing. And that, if anything, that was the thing that stuck with me was that I felt so alone going mm. through all of this. And with my friend as well, and, and his his girl is like she's also lost. But mm. but men because they don't see it, they don't have the effects, they don't feel it. Is so much easier, and I understand the need to be avoidant. Like even as you're reading out all these things, that part of me is just like, <laughs> you know, like ignore, don't look. Hey, so the things that through my life, I've always, always, always wanted to go. In fact, when my friend like talked to me about it, I was like, you, if you need um, his his STI situation, mm-hmm. 
I was like, shall we go together? Because I also been wanting to do this forever. But scared lor. I mean, I think maybe we just need like a girl. Like, you know, go to toilet, you go to toilet, then we, okay, everybody go oh, get chat together. together. Yeah, you know, yeah. I would feel so much more comfortable. Yeah. No, that's a really good idea. Right? Yeah. Maybe yep, we just yep. need support groups. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> my own experience, I feel like um, some of the horror stories that I've heard is that I've had a friend who, talking about testing, right? Mm. She has been with her boyfriend for a really long time and this is a... I mean, she got checked prior to being with his boyfriend, but after two years of being with this guy, recently she tested positive for HPV. Mm. And it was really shocking because like, if they're both like monogamous mm. and like, exclusively seeing one another, right? Where, where did, did she come from? Yeah, where did she get it? And like, how come it only Show. showed up after? For my mom, she had like a health scare as well. Mm. But after speaking to her doctor, the doctor advised that she can get um, vaccination, like prevention. But what she does now is to go for her regular like pap smears to make sure that mm. everything is all good in her head, you know? Hope she's okay. She's okay, she's still okay. With all this information that we have just like, discussed, right? Yeah. I'm wondering from now onwards, like, how are you going to manage your sexual health? Uh, I feel like this is like a <laughs> yeah. me trying to mom, eat one. Well, mom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing, right? It's like, okay, truthfully, there are so many things that scare us in general, right? Mm-hmm. Like people want you like, oh, you must be for retirement, like get cancer, like you eat this, blah, blah, blah. So like in general, like when you, I think that's where the avoidance comes from. When you receive a lot of news, it's easy to just ignore because we can't possibly mm-hmm. mentally handle everything and protect ourselves against everything. So, but I do want to get it done. What works for me as a procrastinator is when somebody says, well, here are the steps. Step one, call this person. Step two, book appointment. Step three, Mm. like say this. And then that's where it becomes much easier to follow because you take away that option of choice and you just move along. I would really, really love to say that I will go straight and get checked after this. And I will. Okay, maybe I will promise you within this year. There are two things I need to do. Get a full body checkup mm. and get a sex health wellness checkup. Mm. An STI check. Thanks. A full STI Correct. check. Correct. Yep. Yes, and it will be done because now I have a bullet journal. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, myself. I will I check back in and I'll be like, Oh, tell it. Hi. No, it's good. It's good. Chase me. <laughs> Pleasure. Just wanna know. Have you done it? No, it's okay, good. We I can think, go together. I think it's good for girls to be accountable. Friends to be accountable yes, to one another. Exactly, I think yeah, it helps a lot. Anybody else want to go? <laughs> You're all invited. <laughs> You're all invited. <laughs> That's the end of the sponsored segment. We're taking a short break. Something Private is a podcast produced under media publisher Our Grandfather Story. Watch our new episodes every alternate Tuesdays on YouTube and listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcast every alternate Thursdays. New episodes will be published first on YouTube and we'll be publishing once every two weeks this season. We've also just launched our new website, so pay us a visit at somethingprivate.fm if you'd like to share your story with us or work with us. Otherwise, you can send us a message on Instagram at somethingprivatepod or email us at nicole at somethingprivate.fm. We're immensely grateful for all the support you guys have given us and we really couldn't have come this far without you. If you'd like to keep supporting our work, become our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash somethingprivatepod. That's patreon.com forward slash somethingprivatepod. Now back to the episode. But I do want to touch on one aspect of you that I find really interesting. I think you have a list of accomplishments that you have achieved. I'm already getting like... (laughs) (laughs) She's like, "Uh, uncomfortable, talk about sex, okay, but this I cannot. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, you 
are really established, you have a really large following across like Southeast Asia and around the world in general. I want to know, I think, first of all, how do you feel about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was having, I was telling you just now, it's quite weird because I, I still don't feel it. Yeah, it, may, it makes me feel a bit uncomfortable and, and weird. But I, I also wonder why sometimes I mm. have this dissonance towards it. And I do acknowledge that sometimes me not acknowledging it tends to create more miscom in my life, if mm. anything. But the thing actually that makes me more uncomfortable about it is sometimes feeling like people expect you to bring, for example, a certain weight with you. Like even as you say, maybe it's imposter syndrome. I was just going to say. Yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. But I mean, I also, I think naturally as a person, I always just like, I'm more comfortable being an underdog and underselling because you know, a lot of responsibility when people expect you to <laughs> turn up all the time. Yeah. But I mean, of, of course, I don't want to sound like ungrateful. And I also do want to acknowledge that like, sometimes it really is just luck. I mean, not, not to discredit like the work that is put in, but everybody works hard, mm -hmm. you know. Personally, sometimes feel like I don't, yeah, it's, it's not a big deal lah. You know, it's just it's just a job. It's a job scope. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think it's very interesting how little credit you give yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you see, it's like I find people who, for example, like running like huge companies or you or if you're a part of something so much bigger, you know, it's like to me what I do feels on genuinely, honestly, feels very small. I feel shameful because sometimes I feel like oh you say oh I'm so thankful you to be here and I'm like well what if I can't bring for example listeners mm. you know mm. someone pays you to do something I'm like what if I can't bring you sales do I want to participate in that consumerist culture mm -hmm. you know and and sometimes also maybe people like tend to see you only as that you know and that's where I start to feel uncomfortable mm. Yeah. Mm. but I think to your credit with the amount of like influence you have on like for instance like Instagram I think is where a lot of like millennials and like Gen Zs exist on, right? Mm. You do use, I guess, your influence for, I mean, for lack of better word, good, right? Mm. You are very vocal about issues that matter to you. And I think that... In our, let's say, let's put it, in our perspective. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good. In, it's very hard to say anything. Yeah. But yeah. it is, I, I, to give you credit, it's not, it's not easy because I think that you have been a very big advocate for like mental health, Coming, even coming on here to talk about sexual health, I think it's mm -hmm. not something that everybody with your size of influence would do. They'll be like, I think that ruins like image firstly and secondly uh, that, you yeah. know, like I don't want to reveal that aspect of me even though I know like that might have some good on the people who follow me or look up to me, mm -hmm. right? It is a quite uncomfortable sometimes, I guess, talking about stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But not anymore. It's just a hurdle, I guess, to get mm -hmm. over. Why do you choose to talk about like these specific things? I think in particular like mental health. Okay, so mental health for me, it was a bit more like popian lah because at that point, like I'm so used to sharing and my job is to share parts of my life and, and the dissonance I felt for so long was because, for example, like there are influencers that just share about their life from the start but for, mm -hmm. for me, it was like half that and half more mainly music, right? And, and music is quite different because it's like your music videos, they put on, on you in so much makeup, you know, like it's all about presenting an image, like putting on a show, quite literally. But then that I would feel so crappy because... Every time you go to an interview, you're supposed to smile, but inside I'm feeling so shitty. Mm. And I had to talk about it because I had no choice. Like it, it was the only thing I was thinking about, the only thing I, you know, that was consuming my life. And I'm glad I did because it, that that made me feel so much better, and it made me feel a lot worse also. But in the in those moments, like I have this folder on my phone that that's uh, called "This Is Why," and I screenshot every time someone thanks me for talking about about certain things, because just to remind myself, like, okay, it's still worth it. You know, but every time I I share something after that, I just like 
<laughs> yeah, mm. but it's still fun though. Mm. Mm. I mean, I guess sometimes it's fun to approach it in terms of like a, a, as an experimenter. If you can, if you can detach in that way to be like, oh, I'm ex- I'm exploring vulnerability and what that means. And I and I think what I learned also was to not be so precious about the things that you've done in your life. Mm. Like, for example, even if like I massively like screw up, mm. so be it, lah. Live mm. and let live, and just keep improving and just learn from it mm. you know do you have an example of what that like looks like i think understanding that we're all a spectrum uh there's this quote that was that i heard it from this guy called jay shetty the quote was you are not as good as they say that you are and you're not as bad as they say you are mm. that's it and i was like okay i'm just me i'm just trying my best and i feel like if we can exercise that just with everyone it's like how they say you judge yourself based on your intention and others on their action so just judge everyone on both lah. Just mm-hmm. don't judge lah. <laughs> you know, I'll just recognize that like everybody is trying. Also, like so many times where I've said really dumb things on stage, you know, or dumb things in interviews, and I used to also hold a lot of like shame from that because right now I'll say something and then they'll be like, Shh, you know, <laughs> oh what? So I was kicking her. You can't, you can't hear it on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll get nudged out, dragged out, like someone pinch me. You know, and and then that made me think like, why is it that we can say some stuff and not some stuff, and then. And then, I mean, I guess that's the whole conversation you get into of like political correctness as well, which I also am trying to understand exactly where it should be because mm. I don't know where I stand yet. Mm. Like, you know, I, I understand why we, we shouldn't say certain things, but I also understand that some things need to be talked about. Also, like again, overprotective parent is not healthy in general. The fact that we are just talking about it and thinking about it is enough. Mm. Yeah. I think it's very interesting because I think that you are... Like every one of us, right? You go through these things also, like making mistakes and everything. In fact, I think I make way more mistakes than most people because I'm a bit of a dumbass, which I told you just now. <laughs> you really? Give, <laughs> gotta give yourself more credit. <laughs> I, don't, I don't say it in a cynical or spiteful way. Mm. Like, I, I'm, I, if you know tarot, like there's this card called The Fool. And basically, like the, the card represents this guy who's kind of just like almost walking off a cliff but being very happy. And it's not a negative sentiment. It just means that you are willfully exploring life. Mm. And that's kind of just how I choose to view things because I can also be quite the overprotective parent. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a worrier, ruminator, you know, and that's exactly why I try and fight against it because mm. I rather have a see where this takes us kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you learn to, I guess, like take things in your stride? Because I, I'm, I'm guessing that must have been a process for you, right? Yeah, from falling a lot, you know, and I'm still learning how to fully adopt it into my stride. Like, for example, if last time you fall, then you say, okay, I'm not going to try again because I don't want to fall. Then now I just fall and get up and say, painful, never mind, wipe it off. It's okay. And I think now I'm at a point where I'm trying to remind myself that I am actively making this choice. Mm. And as long as you choose it, then nobody can say anything really. Ma. Then you just go and deal with it. La. So, I mean, that's a conversation between the two voices in my head. So when the, when the shameful part comes out and like who gets scared, who gets anxious, and then I, as the adult, also have to come in and say, it's okay and you made this choice and you made it by thinking through it and this is a conscious decision as an adult. Does that mean that like, let's say all the stuff that you currently stand for, like quite openly Mm -hmm. on your platforms, right? Are these things that you personally feel a lot for? Because I know that besides like mental health, you do talk about um, recently you've been more in general yeah. I mean you know sometimes they say like oh you fight for, for nothing like what are you going to do change but it's not about that it's like the fact that there is a voice is enough because there needs to always be something pushing back mm-hmm. again so that we can maintain some kind of equilibrium as of now I still don't know fully where I stand mm-hmm. and there's sometimes in my life where I have the emotional capacity to care more and there's sometimes where I just can't 
and that's fine too like I don't have to be out there every day like posting because I haven't posted in a while because genuinely I'm fig- I'm trying to figure out again what where I want to stand mm. on certain things mm. and I'm still learning mm. yeah but okay so I was speaking to a therapist and she said like most women 80, 80% of the, the girls that she meets right they all think that they're weird and they suffer mm. from like not being able to love themselves mm. and I, I think if anything just love yourself like mm. that's it like once you have the confidence and the compassion there's really nothing that you can't do in your capacity you know what I mean it's just that most of the time we are our own villains mm. so just stop it like I know sometimes it's I don't know I don't know if you do that too but it's like an instinct that comes out that you just self-hate because yep I don't know why yep. why why do we self-hate because precautionary maybe right like uh, that's what anxiousness is. It's like, it's meant to protect you from hurting yourself. You can love yourself and not be self-serving. You can love yourself and not be selfish. Um, you can love yourself and equally love others just as much. Because like the idea of self-love is so often met with like egotism. But it's very, very distinctly different. Mm. I, I, I don't want to make it a gendered thing, but it does feel very much like a gendered thing. I feel like women often find it more difficult to be kind to themselves or like to put themselves at the forefront of things and to mm. tell themselves or I think they're very self-critical in general and this is something that I think upon reflection or like sitting with friends having conversations that are slightly more introspective we yeah. realise that every time we want to pers- pursue something it's always like a, oh but like I don't deserve this you mm. know I don't think I'm good enough to for instance like ask for a raise for instance like to want something to be able to say that I want to do this you know yeah yeah I think it's a I still struggle with that so much I mean, you can tell. <laughs> yeah, even the fact that we're always apologizing, always afraid to take up space. It's a, it's a human thing. Everybody mm-hmm. experiences it. But the only person that can really fix it is ourselves first, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we can't go out and fix the world if we haven't understood that internally. Maybe that's why I also take breaks because I need to come back and remind myself. Mm-hmm. Every time I am on my own, I feel like I can reach that kind of solidity. Mm-hmm. But it's when we go out into the world where you keep meeting forces mm-hmm. that stand against that. You're walls tend to keep getting broken down right Mm. just keep standing back up i'm wondering if there's any last bits of wisdom that you have in part okay i think that we have the power to speak our truth into existence so whether that be self-love you know whether that be friendship or whether that be sexual wellness the things that we talk about and continuously talk about become real and we have that power, if not, not anything else. <laughs> I've been watching too much Marvel. <laughs> Wonder Vision. Yeah, so good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's good. I think it's very good advice. Yeah, and and it's, I mean that's the truth. Though. It's like even though I know in the back of my head, for example, get checked, get checked. If I don't talk about it, I will not get it done. But the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, oh, actually. Just go lah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Same with self-love, right? Like Same with self-love. If now. you talk negatively to yourself, that will come into existence. But if you talk positively to yourself, that will come into existence. Yeah. Mm. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, Narelle. I hope you learned something. I did. I really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Big love for this podcast. Big shout out to our friends at MSD Pharma for teaming up with us to educate you guys on human papilloma virus prevention and awareness. To find out more about HPV or to find a clinic, head over to itsyourlife.sg. That's itsyourlife.sg for more information.